Yes, 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 people, we will be coming. That's right, baby. It's another episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. <laughs> Man, it has been a busy ass day. The London Film Festival has started. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot going on with that. I mean, you've been seeing films and all of that business, people. So, um, yeah, look out for those echo chambers to be dropping real soon. But, um, yeah, there is a plenty of just crazy and weird shit happening around the world. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think one of the biggest things, right, Trump getting coronavirus which he now seems to be recovered from but the thing i found real fucking just odd about that whole situation was um you had people you know literally like days before Claiming this isn't a laughing matter you shouldn't mock people and blah 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 and then as soon as they find out, it's a 180, right, it's a 180, being like, oh, hope he dies, all of this, and it's just like, listen, you might not like him, but if you're on one hand saying, you know, Everyone should respect each other. No one should be able to mock. Like, you should respect my views. Blah, blah, blah. If you're saying that, kind of makes you like a hypocritical motherfucker when you flip. You know what I mean? Listen, I don't give a fuck. But I just find that amusing. Right? Just the hypocrisy of so many people. So many people. It's insane. <laughs> now, other shit, like Microsoft seem to have got themselves into trouble in the US. Uh, so they came out um, recently and said that they want to double the numbers of black and African American senior staff by 2025. And it made the, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, US government say that um, kind of implies that they are looking to employ on the basis of race. Which, listen, this is the problem with all of this shit, right? Because people have, you know, not necessarily played fair when it comes to recruitment in the past, now you see people clamoring on the surface anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? On the surface, right? To rectify these things. 
But, right, the only way to do it, you know, if you're trying to follow these weird quotas people put up, because, you know, you could just say we are adjusting our recruitment process to ensure it is transparent and fair and will give opportunities to anyone who's going to impl- you know apply for posts could do that you could you know offer mentoring to people who are looking to progress to those senior positions right which would then give people the tools so once they, you know, a roll-up comes up and they're applying, you know, they, you know, they know how to apply for that role, right? There's a number of things that people could do, but they make these stupid-ass claims and statements where you look at it and think, well, the only way you're going to do that... <laughs> Is by just employing, you know, the relevant candidates who are applying. So whether it be, you know, you're trying to bring in more women, you know, a more ethnic workforce. It means that if a woman applies, you're employing her, right? That That's the only way you can meet these targets. So... Just don't make the stupid ass statements Because they're dumb Because what are you going to do If You know Maybe you don't get anyone Right What happens if no black people apply And you've only got white people applying You know All the black people applying Aren't qualified You can't employ them Do you know what I mean So it's just there's other things that can be done to help the situation, right? There's other things. So it'll be interesting to, because, you know, Microsoft say that they have evidence to show, um, you know, their recruitment strategies. So, uh, yeah, we will wait and see, you know, what they have cooking. <laughs> but, you know, that isn't the only... Crazy ass thing Right so You know It's Black History Month in the UK Which means you get Just Loads of people Just Giving lip service You know It's a pointless It's a stupid ass thing Right It's dumb It's a dumb month Yo, if you want to do shit, do it all year round Not just in fucking October, you know But, yes, you you start having, you know, organisations send out tweets And the like And one of those organisations is Sainsbury's Who tweeted We are proud to celebrate Black History Month together with our black colleagues Customers and communities And we will not tolerate racism We proudly represent And serve our diverse society 
and anyone who does not want to shop with an inclusive retailer is welcome to shop elsewhere. Right, so yeah, they um they sent that out, right? Which you know I can uh, you know say that when I worked at Sainsbury's for a few months, they did not give a fuck. <laughs> they did not, you know, they let racists scream abuse at me sitting at a till. And did nothing You know, when you looked at a manager They just turned away <laughs> So, um, you know There is that, too But <laughs> You know This guy There's this idiot in the UK called Lawrence Fox You know, he, he started a party The Reclaim Party Oh dear, oh dear But he's always Wanting to come out And just make these Ridiculous statements So in response to Sainsbury's Tweets He put out Dear Sainsbury's I won't be shopping in your supermarket Ever again Whilst you promote racial segregation And discrimination I sincerely hope others Join me And then he calls for people to retweet him Which I always find just a bit weird You know what I mean? When people be like, retweet And it's just like, look If what you're saying is, you know, important People will just retweet it Like, why are you asking for people to retweet it, you dickhead? Yeah, but um, yes And then he's got the hashtag Boycott Sainsbury's Which is just weird Right, if you read (laughs) that they're promoting racial discrimination from the tweet saying you've put out, there is something wrong with you. But obviously, people then responded to Fox. (laughs) People responded to Fox, which I just think, why? Like, why are you doing that? What? What do you think is going to come from trying to communicate with someone who has, you know, got these delusions of racial discrimination? Like, what what do you think (laughs) they're going to go, you know what, you're right. I'm going to change what I said. I take it back. No. You're just going to enter into a slinging match, which is what happened. You know, so you've got uh, someone from the UK version of RuPaul's Drag Race. They got into, a, you know, a, an argument with him. So did, um, you know, the deputy chair of Stonewall. And, yeah, I'm just like, obviously, look, when someone has certain views, you're not changing their mind on Twitter. (laughs) If you want to have a conversation with them, do it face to face. Don't do it on Twitter, right? Supposedly, he responded with, 
I don't know, I think he called them paedophiles or something, something like that, and now they're suing him, which is, uh, it's kind of all crazy, it's all crazy, right, I think what Fox said is ridiculous, these people interacting with him is ridiculous, them now suing him is ridiculous, because it's this whole thing of, oh, you called me a name, you've, you know, imperatively damaged my, my character, and it's just like, no, no, they've said something on Twitter, and a few trolls are repeating it, that's it, that's it, like, this isn't something that follows you around in the real world. You're not walking down the street and he's like, wait, um, I heard on Twitter that you're a pedophile. Is that true? Like, no one's doing that shit. You know, but, yeah, people want to sue. <laughs> it, it's, it's weird. It's ridiculous. I mean, it keeps you in the limelight, right? It does that. So it's this weird mentality now that people get into arguments and when you get into arguments, people say mean things. It's the nature of it, especially online. So you jumping in that argument, you are opening yourself up to shit. Now, that's not to say the, you know... It's right But everyone knows That's what happens Right And if you don't want that to happen Do not respond People Do not respond But yeah To counter with I've informed my lawyers To take action It is a little ridiculous Come on Let's be it's a little ridiculous, you know what I mean, yes, he might be a dick, but come on, people, it's fucking Twitter, right, it's fucking Twitter, but anyway, people, let's move on with the episode, okay, so, um, yeah, let's get this baby popping. Okay, so October in, um, you know, in the UK is Black History Month, which, to be honest, I think is a waste of time, right? Some pointless shit, like, some bullshit gets done, and it's like, oh, yes, this is all very important, when it's just, it's just some lip surface bullshit. Right, it's nothing meaningful, and it really does nothing. It does nothing, right? Just add shit to the school syllabus. You know what I mean? Add programs, add visibility throughout the fucking year, not just some bullshit in a month. And I've been to some like supposed talk. That it's all some made up shit Right Oh it's terrible It really is a joke Now 
<laughs> this kind of proves the point how ridiculous you know it is because the um the royal mail their contribution was to now post boxes in the UK are red right red post box the, you know it's kind of iconic yeah, you you. Any time you see a film based in England, they will try and throw in, you know, one of those standard shots, a post box, big bet. You know, it's just the typical shit you always see. So the Royal Mail, they decided to um, paint them black. Yep, paint them black. <laughs> That's um, you know, that's the thing, right? Celebrate Black History Month. We're gonna paint, uh, you know, post boxes black. And firstly, it's like not many people are really that shade. <laughs> you know, so I I think brown might have been better, but what the fuck? Like no one's really gonna see a black post box and go. Oh, that's, um, obviously, that's, uh, you know, significant to black history. Hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Now, think of the thousands of post boxes that are around, right? There's thousands of post boxes. They have painted four. <laughs> four. They painted four. Four black, right? So um, the there is one in London, one in Glasgow, one in Cardiff, and Cardiff is Wales, Glasgow is Scotland, and Belfast is Ireland. Um, Republic of Ireland. I think that's right. I do feel like Belfast is Republic and not Northern. Ugh. Man, if I get that wrong, that would be kind of terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh my days! Yeah, I would be. Um. Mm, no, and I did. I'm an idiot. It's Northern Ireland. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, whatever. Anyway, so yes, there's these four black um post boxes. Each has a, you know, they've put a picture of a black person on it, you know, you know, supposedly who has significantly contributed, blah, blah, blah. So we've got Lenny Henry is on the one in Belfast. We have got, um, oh gosh, who are the other ones? We have got Mary Seacole. She is on the one in Cardiff. Um, you have also got uh, Walter Toll. He's on the one in Glasgow. And... Who is the other person? Fuck. It's, uh... 
Fußgeil. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay, so yeah, the um, Brixen one is an image by uh, you know, British Nigerian artist Yinka Shonibear, right? Um, yeah, it's a painting called Queuing at the RA. So, yeah, that's the image in Brixton. But, yeah, it's, it's just like... What the fuck? I, what, what, is that, what is this actually going to do? You know, they've got a... I think there's meant to be a, QA, a QR code which pulls up some more information... But it's one fucking post box. How many people are really going to pay attention to this shit? It's it's kind of laughable. Right? And, um... <laughs> you know, the Royal Mail, you know, they said... A Black History Month is a great opportunity to celebrate the contributions that black people have made to this country over many generations. We are also using it as an opportunity to celebrate the vital work that our black employees do throughout the nation, from the mailbag to the meeting room. Yeah, so you're celebrating with four post boxes. Right? If that isn't a huge indication that, you know, <laughs> no one really gives a shit, I don't know what is. It's fucking laughable, man. Okay, so a parliamentary inquiry in the UK has concluded. That there is a clear evidence of collusion between Howie and the Chinese government and its Communist Party. Right? And <laughs> you it's a little bit baffling because this has been something that I think everyone has been saying for ages now, right, it's years, people have known that, you know, the two are very closely linked, if not the same, you know, like, I believe Trump warned the UK, you know, not to invest, But for some, well, I say for some reason, but you, look, you know it was some sort of financial incentive. Like, it's clear that it has to be that. Because, yeah, this is something that, you know, the technology industry have talked about. You know, how software is being, you know, backward engineered... And it's noted the security faults in it. You know, the loopholes, the leakage of data. Right. This is all 
old information. It's not new. It's old. But for some reason, it took the UK all of this time to decide, you know, decide that, um, yeah, there could be a problem. Could be a problem. Now, it's a weird one because there was a decision made, you know, earlier this year to, um, you know, stop technically telecommunication firms from installing Howie 5G systems, right? But it's really just weird the way it's all done, right? Because, you know, it's, (laughs) you know, the the thing is, people are getting told that you can't install the equipment after the end of this year. Which kind of, you know, indicates that, oh, if you install it now, that's fine. Which is baffling. Also, right, you have to remove it by 2027. But the the crazy thing about that is, (laughs) you know, if you're saying that the software is problematic you know if it's shown the software and infrastructures have got snooping software have got holes in the back system for trojans and you know all of that craziness it's 2020 so what do you think can happen in seven years? <laughs> the, the information that could get strip-mined in that space of time. It, it is crazy. Now, to um, circumvent that, the report has suggested that, you know, the 2027 date be adjusted. But, Right, you think, okay, right, Ah, good stuff Well, it's getting adjusted by two years They're now saying it should be 2025 Which again, it leaves five years (laughs) It leaves five years still The all manner of craziness could occur Right, you're just like, what what is going on? Now, this is all because, I think, supposedly BT and Vodafone are kind of saying that, oh, if we remove the stuff now, it could cause problems. But it's just, it's kind of your incompetence that you bought the stuff in the first place. You know, in the face of all the clamour, you know, all the evidence... So, right, just because these firms don't want to lose money Don't want to lose money Which really isn't as much losing money But it just means the stakeholders aren't taking home such fat checks Right, just because of that 
you know, the, the, the system will be left open potentially for five fucking years. It is just ludicrous. And it's ludicrous, and I think it it speaks to changes that drastically need to be made. You know, I think it should be looked at who approved the decision. You know, who decided to let all of this go down, and why? You know. And why? I think that definitely should get looked at. Yeah, but let's be honest, it won't. (laughs) You know what I mean? It won't. Which is just insane. Just insane. Okay, so, um... Yeah, sometimes you wonder what businesses are doing, right? To try and save money, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot, right? So, um, an Irish Supreme Court recently ruled that Subway sandwiches aren't bread, <laughs> they are not considered bread in Ireland at least. <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe in the rest of the world it's fine. But in Ireland, you are not getting bread when you go to Subway. <laughs> so um the whole thing was that Ireland look at uh Bread as a staple product Which means It doesn't pay VAT So um, You know Subway Well the company that Owns the franchise in uh, Ireland They were just like Why the fuck are we paying VAT This is crazy So they went to court (laughs) But the um, Yeah the judges looked at the situation and said that, you know, there is way too much sugar in this to be looked at as bread. Which is not a good thing. Yeah. You know, suppose there's 10% of, um, around 10% of the flour in the dough for both white and whole grains. So yeah, too much sugar. Uh so <laughs> yeah, so they lose the case. So now they have to pay the VAT, but everyone knows. Everyone now knows that subway bread is trash. And it's funny because, you know, on paper you look at it and you think that's a healthy option. You know, so, oh, let's not go to McDonald's. Let's be healthy and go to Subway. Now, listen, when you eat Subway, you realise that this isn't great. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Look, it doesn't taste normal, right? When you eat that shit, it tastes weird. And there is an odd smell. Like, you walk past the subway, there is an odd smell. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's not surprising to find this shit out. And this is the thing as well, right? I think in places like this, you know, you can't make stuff that's gonna go bad real quick. So, of course, they're going to make alterations to shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Subway don't make bread. They make sugar parcels for your fillings. So, there you go, people. You know what I mean? Think twice before you think, Oh, Subway's my healthy option. <laughs> Okay, so, ha, this is, this is an interesting situation, right? And I guess it depends how you look at it. So, in US soccer, right, um, the San Diego Loyals, that's a terrible fucking name, for a team, San Diego Loyals, well, they were playing the Phoenix Rising, again, just dreadful names, what is wrong with them, but they play in the second tier of the USL Championship, right, so they were in a game, and um, it's alleged that one of the Rising's players made a homophobic comment aimed at, you know, San Diego's midfield player, Colin Martin, uh, because he's gay. And... Um, you know, the Loyals were winning the game, 3-1, but they, you know, they came back to the game after half-time, and then they walked off and forfeited the game. And you have to think to yourself, is that the best thing, right? Right? Is that the best thing? And listen, it it's a weird situation, right? Because yes, like there's, I think there's things that you think, right? That sh- that's not a place that doesn't have a place here, right? That's not valid. But I kind of feel it's just like. What was supposedly said? Right? What was supposedly said? And, you know, because there's a lot of things that you could, you could say, which one person is just like, well, that's 
not, right? That's just something that we say. And then someone else is like, oh, I took offense to that. Right? And I kind of feel if you're making allegations against someone, if you're saying someone did this thing, you you should say what the thing is. Because there's a lot of people that are, you know, possibly thinking, oh, what's the worst thing that could be? You read, and that's getting now put on this rising player that, oh, he must have done this. He, he must have said this, right? It, it's, a, it's a weird one. Also, there are 22 players on the field, right? 22 players on the field. So, you know, 20 other players weren't a part of this thing. To walk off, which has now meant that, um, you know, the loyals can't progress in the championships. So that's going to impact the other players, you know, possibly financially, you know what I mean, and all of this. Right, it's it's an odd thing. It's an odd thing, but you kind of go, isn't? If the if the loyals then went, they're winning three one, right? So to win the game, would that not be a, a bigger statement? Right, isn't that a bigger thing? Because walk, walking off doesn't really. It doesn't do anything for you Right, because You don't gain Like, you you gain nothing from this thing But A word has now Meant That's it Your season is done You're finished So you've Actually lost out Right, you, you've let this thing Stop you and that's, yeah, that is the thing that seems weird to me, right? That's what, yeah, I find odd. Because, you know, a, a word has now cost a lot. It's cost a lot. And, listen, I understand, like... Hearing certain things isn't great, but let's be real. Martin, he's heard these things probably a lot. He's heard them a lot. And I'm sure that he would rather, you know, being a competitor, he would rather have, you know, played in the championships, played in the playoffs than be done, it's very, yeah, it's very odd, I find it odd, I find it, I I just find it weird, I just find it, like, it defeats everything, you know, 
It it's what are you doing? Like what? What are you doing? Because you're not progressing anything. You're you're not progressing anything, and the person who's you know doing all the talking isn't even the person who's affected, right? It's um, freaking Landon Donovan, who's the the you know the loyal's manager and executive vice president. Which does seem a conflict of interest, but you know, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's just like, what? You know, is is this just more? Oh, it's giving you shine. It's giving you an opportunity to oh, let my voice be heard. Cause it ain't doing anything else. Like Martin isn't talking. Yeah, it, it, it's it's odd. And again, did, did the player? Did the other player say actually say anything? Like what was said? Yeah, I I, I kind of feel that there is a lot that needs to kind of be unpicked here, right? Because listen, there is homophobia, there is racism, there is a lot. In football, <laughs> you know what I mean, there is a lot in football. So I don't go to football games because of this shit, Jerry. I got chased out of two fucking stadiums because of racial abuse. Right, literally chased out of stadiums. So yeah, it is. It's not something that you go, oh, yeah, whatever. Right, it's it's a part of the game. You know that everyone knows that, right? If you try and pretend otherwise, you're kind of an idiot. So, yeah, you can't walk out of every fucking game. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't walk out of every game. Now you can play the game. Then you know, hold an inquiry to it. And then find people, right? You can do that. You can put sanctions. You can, there's these other things that kind of do more. But to walk away, it, it doesn't, like, it doesn't show anything. It, what it shows is if someone says something to you, oh, you just leave. Right? It's just no. No 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 no. You you stand tall and show a motherfucker that you ain't what? You you can't chase me off. You can't what what you think I'm gonna, you know, not play because you said a word. I don't give a fuck. We're winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, like hey, and let's just say he, he you know, he was called a puff. Let's just say that, right? Then you'd be just like, a puff just beat you. So what, motherfucker? What? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how you're winning in that situation. <sighs> it's weird. But listen, I I realize look, other people are gonna have other thoughts on this, but yeah. 
it's kind of what I um how I feel. You know, supposedly the um USL are holding an investigation into it. So I guess, you know, we have to see what um you know happens. Because there is a seems to be a lot to unpick and it's not really clear, you know, to be honest. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with this. Okay, so the one thing I've noticed a lot of, <laughs> you know, is people who jump on something, right? Jump on it, which is fine. You know, it's fine for people to enjoy things. It's fine for people to like things, to love it. But it's always amusing when they pretend that this has always been there. You know what I mean? This has always been a part of life. I've always enjoyed this. I've been a fan from the beginning. And start to try and tell you about shit. And you can clearly see they're talking out of their fucking asses. It's it's insane. It's just like, look, firstly, no one knows everything. You know what I mean? No one knows everything. And you might think you know, but you speak to someone else and be like, they're dropping shit that you didn't even know. Right? So that's what happens. Uh, You don't have to try and be like, yes, I know every single fact. I was, who cares? You started enjoying it from this point. That's fine. <laughs> like, when you, anyone that judges and tries to act like, oh, you're not really a fan because you only started, ugh, they're an idiot, right? But, yeah, people need to stop with this fucking kind of act that, you know, this has always been them. And it happens a lot with comics right now. You know, comic books. There's, I remember when, if you mentioned a comic book, people thought you were a fucking weirdo. But all of a sudden, it's cool. It's cool. And I'm just like, what? Because for me, right? You can talk to people about many different things And they're a fan Like, there's people that collect trainers Right? But usually specific So some are Nike, some are Adidas You know what I mean? But they've got their specific thing You've got people that collect handbags But for some reason Like, no one's like <laughs> That's fucking geeky Handbags Oh, trainers, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Like, that's cool. <laughs> but it's all the fucking same thing. All the same thing. This is a really fucking long tangent. I realise I haven't even got to the point that I was meant to be getting to, which is, you know, but fuck it. Whatever. You feel me? Whatever. Right, what led <laughs> to all of this was I saw this piece about Miss Marvel. Right, so Miss Marvel, 
Marvel Comics character And um, You know She's coming to Disney Plus I think The the buzz kind of ramped up When Iman Veli Velani You know I think that's it You know She was announced as um, Being the the, The lady that will be Bringing Kamala Khan to the um to the screen, and I think the 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 real big thing about all of this is because now that um you know Marvel Studios is um taking control of the TV stuff as well, it means the integration with the movies is. It, it's just there, right? So you'd have people from TV go into the movies, but I think the big thing was it's the filming schedules, right? So it, they happen at a different time, so it was harder to integrate. I remember watching, um, what was it? Uh, that thing, the thing. Jesus Christ, shield <laughs> Oh my god I'm just like, oh, what's that thing? No, shield, right? And I think it was towards the end of the season First season It ramped up because then they tied it into oh, I want to say Winter Soldiers And I think there was some four thrown in So you're just like, yes Ah, this is kind of awesome but then it just <laughs> it kind of pitted off. You got some four references in there, but it was still not quite the same. And and so yeah, now we get that. So it means Miss Marvel, she's gonna be um TV and film. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, it, 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 you know, this piece is weird There's, It's just the way it's talking, right? It, it's just like, oh, Marvel are making a bold step by diversifying their characters And it's just like, alright, that didn't just happen, right? That's been happening for a while It's been happening for a while But, right, I think a big thing that you you have to kind of consider certain characters pop off more than others and a lot of the times you find when they are a you know what I mean a, a flip of a current character there's more emphasis put on that character you know what I mean so it's like Miss Marvel, you know, there was already a Miss Marvel. You know, she got that name because she idolized Carol Danvers, who we saw in Captain Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Right? And so we get that. But there's more emphasis put on that character rather than a new character, a completely new one. And I think this is the big thing here, right? Because 
it's easy just to flip a character over. You know, make Sam William Captain America. And you're just like, like, I don't want rehashes. You know, I, I think the, the the biggest risk is where you create something new. You know, you create something new and you put the push on that. You know, you get big creators to work on that. Right? Because listen, you can create diverse characters, but if you've got a up and coming you know, writer and artist on it that no one really knows. Not as many people are going to pay attention. Now, it's not going to say not to say that that character is going to be a flop, right? But it's going to be a slower burn. And when you need a certain number of people to read something, you know, to purchase it each month, that's where the rub is. Right, so this new creative team—they're building something up, but they're getting told, "Oh, you know, you—you're only getting, let's just say, ten thousand buys each month. That's not really sustainable." You know, so you need to do something, and so they're either forced to make some huge changes and do some crazy things with the story, rather than this in-depth, you know, plot line that they've been working on, or the book gets cancelled. And a lot of the time, the book gets cancelled a long time before you actually hear it. <laughs> Sometimes books get cancelled before the first issue even comes out. You know, and that's from interest from stores and, you know, things like that. So that's the big thing. You know, it's not this huge risk. (laughs) Like this weird article is kind of trying to talk about. Then they're also going, um, oh, yes, that, you know, this new younger generation have been pushing for divert, and it's just like, what? No. (laughs) You what you think, oh, all of a sudden, people have been going, you know, we'd like a bit more diversity in this stuff. No, people have been pushing for diversity for a long-ass time. A long-ass time, but you found that a lot of those talks got shut down, right? You'd ask a question at a convention, and um, d- as soon as you mention certain words, <laughs> you're really, like suddenly, you know, they're stepping over you and asking someone else for a question, right? That's how the fucking thing used to be. People didn't want to talk about this shit. Like you'd ask. And ask and ask, and no one cared. Right now, it's a popular thing to go, oh, look, we've got diverse characters, we've got this. It's not getting done for, um, you know, kicks and giggles, it's making money. That's why it's getting done. So to try and pass it off like, Oh, 
Yeah, it's this new younger generation who are pushing for... No, 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 no. It isn't that at all. Yo, and listen, people right now, they, they're making all these stupid posts and claims and all of this shit. Posting a black square doesn't mean that you support shit. It means you want to look good on social media. But when shit's happening in front of you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? That, that's where it comes to. There's a lot of people that were asking for certain books, making noise. But then when you look at the sales figures, it doesn't match up. Right? So... Where were all these people who were supposedly saying they want this thing? How come they're not buying it? Right? So, that's a bit like people will make noise about certain things. But you have to then transform that to action. And that's not what always happens. Right? So, you have to kind of, yeah, just look at all of these different things. There's more at play then, uh, yeah, certain kind of shit that's been going down this year. You know, it goes a lot wider than that. And this weird kind of thing that, oh, yes, Miss Marvel, she's a Muslim character. But, oh, not just Muslims. Of course, not just Muslims are, like, digging the character. Right? If, if you're looking at things going, oh... You know, only, like, Muslim people are going to like, you know, Kamala Khan. That would be only blonde-haired white Americans are going to dig Captain America. No. It comes down to storytelling. You know, so if you have a interesting concept, people are going to get behind it. Right? So, you know... Doing a survey to see <laughs> the impact of Miss Marvel is crazy. It is crazy and it's weird because it means nothing right now. You have to look at it in the long term. Three years ain't shit. Right? It's will this character, you know, survive the annals of time? In 10 years time Are people still caring About the character That's when you see What an impact is You know it's shit like that Are people Clamouring for stories still You know That's the thing And like it, Again this article It goes into Um Oh yes, the trailblazers, the people that were there first And they talk about, you know, Captain Marvel They talk about, you know, what's her name? Oh gosh, the woman that was in Star Wars Kelly Tran, something like that, right? Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran <laughs> Like, it's just... They're not the first. What the fuck are you talking about? And the, 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 this whole weird thing about, oh, people talked bad to them on social media. People talk bad on social media. That's what social media is. 
you know, and until people make the, you know what I mean, the changes, it's always going to be that, if you can post anonymously, right, people are going to talk shit, right, so, Yes, people said some bullshit stuff to these actresses, and it's bad, it's not good, but those people would do the same, you know, regardless, because no one can find out who they are, right, and everyone knows this, this this is the crazy thing, everyone knows this, everyone knows this was going to happen, so why are you acting like it's a shock, right, why, what are you doing, what are you doing, there's thousands and thousands of people who get bullshit on their social media, don't fucking read it, use it as a tool, and walk away, walk away, but Yeah, there was other people that were, you know what I mean? Ali Berry, right? Angela Bassett kicked ass as Storm in the early X-Men films, right? So if you're talking about people that paved the way, talk about people like that. Eartha Kitt as Catwoman back in the day, right? Stop trying to equate shit to the right here and the right now. There's a history that goes deeper. And it's weird that people want to kind of, you know what I mean, bottle it up and go, oh, it started at this point. It didn't start at this point. What the fuck is going on here? Right? What's the, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? It's weird. It's really fucking weird. It, it, it baffles me. You know, it's like trying to make everything like it's all race. It's not all racist. It's just people are retarded. <laughs> Hearing people are retarded—that's what it is, right? So, yeah, let's try and be honest. <laughs> let's try and be honest and not try and um. Yeah, try and paint this weird picture. You know, because um I uh, this woman, Claire Lim, who's saying that she's a, a comic book expert, right? Going, um, she says this weird thing, right? She I think the younger generation demands diversity be integral to something instead of being tacked on as a cynical ploy. And I'm just like Everything is a cynical ploy right now. What are you saying? Just flipping a character's gender and race is a cynical ploy. (laughs) Changing four to a woman is a cynical ploy. It's all cynical. Jesus fucking Christ. (sighs) Anyway, people. Anyway, let's move on.
Okay, people, this week's Chin Check takes a look at Marlene Rice against Corey Sanhagen and all the other fights on the card. So, if you're thinking of taking a flutter, why not check it out? Because I have to say, all my picks from the last previous weeks have been pretty spot on. Alright, so once you're done with this, go and check that. And remember, pass it on to your friends as well, people. Alright, let's continue. Okay, people, so this week I checked out Utopia, which is an Amazon Prime show, right? Now, it is actually based on a a, a UK series, which... um, Yes, started in 2013 Now, I do believe there are, you know I think it pretty much runs along the same lines It's a bit like The Office, you know what I mean? How they they follow most of it, but change a few bits That's why I hear, because I never got around to seeing the UK one I remember when it came out, but Man, I was like just busy. I was out every night, so couldn't, uh, yeah, just be around to check it. But uh, this new adaption is from Gillian Flynn. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's got a, a crazy, yeah, crazy good, you know, cast. We've got John Kuzak. Ashley Lafort, Dan Bird, Desmond Borgs, Jessica Roth, Christopher Denham, Javon Walton, Farrah McKenzie, Corey Michael Smith, Janine Sorellis, Rain Wilson, Sasha Lane, um, Jeff Russo provided the score. Um, and it's got eight episodes. So the UK ran for six, had two seasons, right? Now, the interesting thing was, I believe there was meant to be a third, but for some reason it didn't get made. So it will be interesting to see how far this one goes, you know, if it goes further than a second, because, yo, the way it all ends. There should be a second As long as it doesn't get cancelled But I'm kind of feeling that Yeah, it should stick around But who knows With these things, right So Essentially people um, The gist of this It follows a group of young adults Who meet online Um and get a hold of a cult underground graphic novel Which not only pins them um, Well It not only brings them together But as the thing is You know, they um, Yeah, they've never met before So they meet up To get this novel Because they believe Right, so this is the big thing Right, they believe that there is conspiracies written within the comic, 
and the world it depicts is actually real. You know, the comic foretells the demise of humanity and the world as we know it, which thrusts this group of underdogs to embark on a high stakes twisted adventure to use what they uncover to save themselves, each other, and ultimately humanity. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So that is it. And uh, yeah, like listen, I I notice online that there is, you know, <laughs> all this weird shit about uh I think the violence. I mean there's people that are saying that this is way too violent and um you know, oh, let me, <laughs> I will read something that was on um, Rotten Tomatoes. Because on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a rating of 54%, but that's based on 35 reviews. Right? So it doesn't really mean shit. And also, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of a bullshit website. So, there you go. Now, it says, um... You know, the, the critical census of the site was Utopia's cast and mystery at times Transcends its overtly cynical And overly violent tendencies But even those willing to look past the torture May find the whole thing too timely in a bad way Right? I'm just like What are you talking about? It is so weird and perverse to me that people can, you know, they they will look at one thing and go, oh, it's just too violent. Oh, I can't watch it. Oh, I can't stomach it. But then on the flip side, you know, they'll be playing Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty, you know, in Fortnite, just killing everyone. It's... It's weird how people want to go, that's too much. Or, it's not that it's violent. It's that maybe there was, like, a school shooting, you know? And in this series, which was made at least a year before that thing happened, they're like, oh, it's bad taste. For that to um, be depicted in this show. And it's just like. It it makes no difference. You know. Like what happens in real life. That's real life. Right. And it just. It's shit that happens. People watch films about war. You know, people clamour to the cinemas to watch things on the First and Second World War. Like, 1914 was a huge hit. But wars are happening all the time. You know what I mean? Wars are happening all the time. But no one goes, oh, that's in bad taste. Because that's depicting a war. Yo, it's very odd. I find it very odd. Now, I didn't think the show was too violent. You know, I kind of felt that there were were definitely times when they maybe shrinked away 
you know, didn't show enough, right, there's that, I think that's the thing that often will take me out of something, when something just doesn't really follow through, you know, when it's just a little, like, well, obviously, in that situation, they're going to do blah, 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 and it's just like, but in, you know, in a show, they'll, you know, they won't, and it just, it's just like, wait, what, (laughs) what's happening here, that's just weird, so I thought a lot of the violence, it made sense, I was fine with it, you know what I mean, (laughs) I was definitely fine with it, and um, I thought it was interesting, I thought it was interesting um, in the way it all unfolded, right, so it starts off and I think this is different, right? The U, I believe the UK, the UK version, I think, starts off with some killings. This one starts off with a, a, a couple, a young couple, who arrive at a house, and it's been left to the girl um, from her. I think it's, it's her dead uncle, and uh, you know, they're not married yet. I think they're engaged. And um, they go into the house thinking it's going to be this. And the uncle seems to be a hoarder. (laughs) He's a hoarder. Which I'm kind of like, firstly, it's an old person, right? So whatever you're going to walk into, you have to just envision it's probably going to stink like old people. Which, let's be honest, that's not a good smell, right? So there's going to be cleaning involved. But yeah, they didn't, and so they now have to clean the place up. And in cleaning, they find a comic book. Well, the guy finds a comic book, and she's like, let's just throw it away. He's just like, no, I saw the other day that someone found an old Batman comic in their attic, and they got £40 million from it. And so it's just like, whoo. So then... We jump to a comic book convention, right? Comic book convention, we see loads of people there, and then we jump to a room that is all done up. It's got a few people in it. Then we realize it's this couple with their friends. They've got a comic, the comic book there, and they have, um, they put word out, and people are queuing up to have a look at one page to verify, I guess, the authenticity, and then they're taking their names and a bid, you know, it's an auction, so we have all of these people go to bid on this thing, we, um, you know, we're introduced to a few of our cast here, so we meet Wallace, Becky, Sam, and Ian, and, um, yeah, then all of a sudden, two people, so we're following two people as well as they're driving there, they seem a little odd, right, they turn up, and all hell breaks loose, right, all hell breaks loose, you know, they kick their way in, and, um, yeah, it's like, they want the book, so they kind of set it up like it's a robbery, 
And the like, firstly, I'm kind of like all of these people. Just the way they act in that situation, I kind of felt like, hmm, I wouldn't think everyone is going to go along. You know what I'm saying? Uh, At least because if you're thinking, hold on, this could be going south, what am I going to do? Stand or fight? But no one does, which I thought was a little odd, but it is what it is. Now, these people, they take names and they're going after everyone that's seen this comic. So you're like, oh, there is something going on here. There is definitely something crazy. There's something bad. What could it be? Oh, shit. And, um, yeah, so that's how it all starts, right? And at the very end of the episode, well, we meet Grant, who, um, Alf... Our group of, you know, comic book fanatics, conspiracy theorists. They've been waiting on a guy called Grant who they believe is a millionaire. Turns out to be a kid. And I'm kind of like, how did they not work that one out? You know what I mean? But eh, it is what it is. Um, And the weird thing is as well, so this Grant, he... He manages to get the comic from one guy who bid a load of money, right? But he goes to the penthouse. And this was one thing that I did find weird throughout, right? There's people acting in a certain way that just doesn't fit the situation, right? So they all want this comic book so bad. This Grant gets it. And instead of getting the comic and leaving... He goes into this guy's room, turns on the TV, turns on all the lights, turns on music, you know, runs a bath. And I'm just like, wait, what What are you doing? Like, what? Because you, look, you don't have to be a professional cat burglar to realise probably not good to leave a trace that I have been here, you know what I mean, let me dust quick fast, but no, he doesn't, shit happens in the room, obviously, and it ends with the introduction of Jessica Hyde, who is in the comic book, Right, so then it leaves the thought maybe the comic is real, which you know it is, but this is the beginning, right? So the characters are trying to believe this thing and bum bum bum, but that all happens, and yeah, that's fine, right? Other than Grant acting weird and shit, you mean, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, like. The next few episodes, they're okay, right? They're okay. But one thing that really uh, bugged me was the character Ian, right? Because now all of these guys, they really want this comic book, right? They really want this comic book. They're really kind of into these conspiracies and all of this, Right, that's the thing, that's their bag, and we also kind of establish Ian 
is a bit of a wimp. He's a bit of a pussy. You know, that has been set out. But all of a sudden, we have him acting up, right? Being all belligerent and everything like that, which goes against everything that they've established about him. Which you kind of think is like, what? You know what I mean? Like, well, this doesn't make any sense. You know, it's fine if you hadn't have told us all that other stuff. But now you've got him acting like this, which doesn't fit. So it's weird. You know, so it's just a few kind of things like that. Within the show, which uh, is jarring, right? Just these kind of things, just a little bit jarring. Now, during all of this, we kind of find out about a guy. He's making meatless protein, you know, like a corn, like, uh, you know, Impossible Burger, you know, that kind of bullshit. So... He's making this and he's got this persona and all of this. But you do get a sense that there is something, hmm, not quite right. Now, this guy is played by John Cusack and he does a great job. You know, it's John Cusack. He he always does step up, right? I did kind of think that they revealed, you know, they kind of revealed... A conspiracy way too early. You know? They let us behind the curtains a little bit too early. There's, I, I just thought, look, there's ways of kind of showing some of this stuff. But don't give us all the players. You know, make it a little ambiguous. You know what I mean? We don't need to know this stuff right away. Because then it made some of the stuff that was to come a little bit predictable. You know, what I mean? you could, you could see, you know, certain things and the way it was all gonna go, right? Like there was a a whole thing with you know one of the doctors. You kind of saw that, and then with us also seeing, you know, home. And all of these machinations, you then figure out the whole, you know, cure virus situation. You understand that when that all goes down, you know, with Michael, played by Rain, um, you know, Rain Wilson, Rain Wilson. Johnson, Dwight from The Office, yeah, who, you know, he does a good job, but yes, it's all a bit like, another thing though, another thing, if someone took your eye out, I kind of feel it's gonna hurt like fuck, (laughs) like, you're, you're not gonna be necessarily just walking around fine in a few hours time, and also, with that, your debt perception is going to be fucked for a good while. 
it's gonna take you, uh, you know, a chunk of change before you understand, oh shit, that's closer than I thought it was, or that's further, you know, definitely gonna be that, (laughs) but it's not how it showed in this, which again, a little frustrating, but, but, this is the thing, right, Although there are things that I did find irritating, I did find jarring, you know, people's reactions and and all of this, it is interesting, you know, the, the story itself is, it, there is intrigue involved, is captivating, you know, and I feel eight episodes, eight episodes is good. You know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like it had overly dragged, you know, I did, um, I did enjoy the flow for the most part, right, I thought that was all fine, um, like the introduction of, like, elements of utopia and all of that, all of that kind of played out okay. I was I was fine with all of that. I enjoyed it, you know. And we had some really good performances, you know, like um, Liz. Liz played her role really well, and her twin Catherine. That was all good. Uh, you know, we've got um, ugh. Fuck, I forget the woman's name. Um, she played the uh God damn it. God damn it, who did she play? At the she was at the at the very end. Right? Uh yeah, I can't. It my mind is gone. My mind is completely gone. But yeah, she was really great. She was really good, you know, um, yeah, she, she kind of set herself up as an FBI agent, uh, that person, that one, she was really good, you know, I think, like, even Jessica Roth, who played Sam, you know, she, she was a good character, you know what I mean, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, didn't stick around too long, but a good character, interesting, so I thought everyone, yeah, played their role well, you know, it was interesting, it was intriguing, um, now, yeah, the, the end was good, the end was good, it did, um, I did think that it was like, uh, Although it was a bit of a oh, it was one of the bit. It was one of the, the the times I was kind of like ah, actually I didn't quite see that. Didn't quite see that, but it did leave a a, a few questions in the fact that yo everyone's been hanging out with Jessica for all this time, so she didn't change her clothes once. Once? Hmm. Okay. Alright. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And I think it, it, it... They did stretch it out a little bit. You know? So you're just like, hmm... 
But yeah, the end was decent. I mean, the end was decent. Definitely questions, right? There's definitely questions. So you feel it's going to get a season two. Unless people are real too, you know, just bent out of shape over, you know, their perceived violent issues. (laughs) But yeah, hopefully, yeah, you know what I mean? They they will continue this because um yeah we need to see where this is going you know where this is all going because yeah there's the, the you know there's uh twists and twists and twists and twirls here so yeah like it's got its ups and downs right. It's got its ups and downs. There's people that are, um, <sighs> I don't know, people that act a little bit off. But yeah, for the most part, it was good. Oh, it was Sonia Son. Sonia Son. She was in the wire. That's it. Yes, she she was very good as her role. Very intense, very intense, but she was intense in the wire, right? <laughs> she was intense in the wire. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, people that enjoy, I guess, like if you like a series like um, probably something like The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, you know, all of that kind of stuff, I think you'll be down with this. If you like a conspiracy show, probably something like Hunters and and a whatnot. I think you'll get down with Utopia. So uh, yeah, let's see what Amazon do with it. But yeah, it was only, whoosh, only dropped in September, right? So um, you know, probably have to oh, oh, wait a little bit longer before we hear about um. Any renewals Each episode runs between uh, Like 45-50 minutes You know So uh, Yeah It's it's not Like it's not overly long Because they do The episode does kind of Pass pretty quickly Yeah I think when I looked at it I think oh, When can I get all of this watched But yeah you know, you sit down and an episode has whizzed by pretty fast. So, um, people, if you do like a little comic book action, if you just like a little action with some conspiracy thrown in, you know, you could enjoy this. Like Buffy fans, Angel fans, you know, people like that. You know, those sort of shows, people, I think you'll be down. Alright, so there you go, Utopia Season 1, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, so this week I checked out uh, The Blood Chamber um, and other stories. So this is a book by uh, Angela Carter. And um, I guess when I was reading this... It did feel, I don't know, like, because the way it sold is 
adult fairy tales, right? And, um, like, I didn't really know that when I picked it up. <laughs> I got it in a sale. Because I'd heard, like, just some good things. So I thought, oh, let me check it out. But then when I realised what it was, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, figured, I, you know, I'll listen to it. And so, yeah, you'd, you kind of think, hey, they're not really, they're weird. Like, it's not adult, adult. Like, if you think this is adult. Like, you've just kind of thrown in some, uh, you know, big words, (laughs) let's just say, and some odd scenes and references, but, yeah, I don't know. But then I realised, after a little look, that, yeah, this was published in 1979, you know, so you're just like... Oh, I guess at the time, this was probably crazy risque, you know what I mean? Like, it won um, an award at the Cheltenham Literature Festival. So, uh, yeah, I think that kind of speaks volumes, you know? Then, um, you do hear that Carter did say, um, my intention was not to do versions or as the American edition of the book said, horribly, adult fairy tales, but to extract the latent content from the traditional stories. And in that essence, you can see that within the stories. So, yeah, I will say that for it. So, yeah, it's called The Blood Chamber, which is the main kind of story. It's the longest of all of them. Right, but it's actually an anthology, right? So there's ten stories, and they're all kind of wrapped and weaved around fairy tales, you know. Um, now the Blood Chamber, I think it's based based on something called Bluebeard, which I do not know. Now I've I've heard the story. And I cannot for the life of me remember where. So basically it's about, um, yeah, a teenage girl. And she's, you know, she's a virgin. And she's been wooed by this older gentleman. And she goes to his house. And like, I think the wedding's real quick, right? She goes to his house and she finds... Like all this weird kind of BDSM kind of imagery and stuff which kind of shocks her. And, you know, then he does his thing with her, but disappears, right? Goes, leaves her. It's like, I've got to go on business. And, um, you know, it's that kind of thing like, here's the keys to the house, you can go anywhere. But just not in this one room. And um, yeah, obviously, she's going to go in that room, right? So she goes in the room and in it she discovers dead girls. A couple of dead girls. And it's that realisation that this is his, you know, because he was a widower. Like, she knew he was a widower when she married him. But didn't know to what extent, like, 
how long ago that was. And then looking at the body, you realise, huh, this wasn't long ago at all. Right, so, um, yeah, and then it's that whole thing of, he hadn't really gone away on business, obviously, you know, it's kind of a, it's a trap in a sense, but kind of like, you know, you didn't have to go in the room, (laughs) so it's a little bit like, hmm, how sorry can you feel for the girl, I mean, obviously, you know, it's bad she'd have to die, but she did sneak around. But anyway, right, so I believe in the version I read, yeah, the the girl then dies. But in this one, it doesn't go that way. Like, there's more to it, which is interesting, right? So she's layered this story up. And you go, okay. Alright, that's interesting, and so you think, oh, how are the other ones going to be, so we then get the courtship of Mr. Lion, which is a take on Beauty and the Beast, Uh, and, you know, but yeah, it's a different kind of story, you know, like a a woman's father, I think he, he works in some thing, he has some issues, and the, the you know he gets help by a gentleman, um, and he you know he, the, the gentleman's like come to dinner, oh and bring your daughter. So he goes, and then they realise oh the guy's you know he looks different, um, but you know he's he's nice and all, um, and I think the deal was that the father leaves. His daughter with him for a while So he does Then she goes home But she promises to come back She forgets But then after a while She realises And it's been months So time she goes He's dying But at the last minute Boom 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 Right so we get that But then and it's not long But then after we get the tiger's bride Which is a similar story And this is what Something that she does We get like One take on a story And then we get Another kind of Take on it Which is usually shorter But then very different And the tiger's bride It is that kind of Beauty and a Beast story But with a reversal in the end A bit like Shrek As it were You know what I mean So we, we have that um, There's Puss in Boots Which mm, It might have been my least favourite To be honest um, Then we've got The Earl King Which is a story yeah, I have not heard Which, yeah, it's one I'm just like, huh, what is this? Um, Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, a woman in the woods. You know, she's kind of, I don't know, trying to avoid being made a prisoner. It's an odd little tale. 
uh, and afterwards we get something that's kind of similar called the snow child which this is really perverse right and it's it was that weird kind of you know after hearing this one I'm just like did she just use an excuse to write some weird shit right because there's this whole thing about you know the these kind of I don't know a count and countess riding through a, a winter's forest. They see a girl, and they kind of, you know, the countess makes her do this thing. She does it. She dies, and then the count has sex with the dead body. And you're like, okay, that's just weird. Like it's weird. You know, and look, I'm not against weird shit, right, if you're crafting a tale and it's interesting, and, you know, it all builds up upon this thing, and, you know, there's layers and all of this, yeah, I'm down, but, yes, weirdness for weirdness sake is always a bit, kind of, what was the point, like, what are you doing there, and, yeah, and I have to say, there is that, right? Like, you know, the, uh, I forget which tale it is. Um, oh, I think it's The Company of Wolves, which is a kind of a little... No, actually, it's Wolf Alice, right? Which is a kind of like Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. And they're talking about this feral child, this little, this young girl, but then it's just like, oh, and she looks in the mirror and, you know, caresses her newly formed breasts and stuff like that, and you know, like, this is weird, (laughs) because you're talking about a little girl, right, and you're just like, Mm. Yeah, this is weird. This is odd. This is peculiar. Yeah, it, like, listen, if you're talking about a woman, right? It's odd, but, you know, fine, fine. But if you're talking about a prepubescent child, I don't need to hear that shit. It's just odd. And. There's really not a load of context to it. This is a really short story. And yes, yeah, a little weird. <laughs> I don't want to hear about kids and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. So, yes, it, it's a it's a weird one. Like this blood chamber, it's a weird one. Right, some of the stories are interesting, like they do, um, you know, the take on Little Red Riding Hood, uh, so we get the Company of Wolves, right, um, which, I, I get that one, it does end in a weird way, right, I guess, you before that we got the werewolf, which, now this one, yeah, this one's slightly different, in um the way they tell it um 
Yeah, I think that one's slightly different, right? But it's interesting. But then the next one, the Company of Wolves, kind of, yeah, that one's a little bit weird. Because, again, you've got this young girl. And, um, yeah, it kind of ends with her and the wolf. He kind of gets things like, oh, is she getting busy with the wolf? Like, what? What's happening there? You know what I mean? Because you're like, wait, so she doesn't kill the wolf? Like, what is going on? And it ends on this weird note, which is, yeah, odd. Odd as hell. So, yes, um, it's read well. You know, I, I thought the narration was, um, yeah, good. You know, that was um, Richard Armitage and Amelia Fox. Yeah, they do a really good job with um, bringing the stories to life. But it is an odd, odd book, right? So, I would say if, look... If you're just into folklore and fairy tales and stuff like that, might not be for you. If you're into quirky, weird, sexualized stories, then maybe you get a kick out of it. But it's not, it's not really love stories, right? It's not really that. It's just a little bit perverse, but, um, yeah, you know, it was written, as I said, it was written in 1979, so, uh, different times, people, different times, but, uh, yeah, (laughs) if it piques your interest, go check it out, it's, sorry, I've just been saying the blood chamber, it's the bloody chamber, okay, The Bloody Chamber by Angela Carter. Okay, people. So, before we come to a close, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. Right? So, um, it was talked about... A few years back And it was originally At 20th Century Fox But now HBO Max Has picked up the right To Lumberjanes So um, This is a comic book Series that's Through um, Boom Studios Right um, It's uh, Yeah it's a it's a popular comic, you know. That like the thing they've sold 1.5 million copies since 2014. So um, yeah, kind of makes sense that someone you know is bringing it to TV, right? It's um, from Noel Stevenson, who uh, had a lot of success with her reimagining of She-Ra. So, uh, yeah, she was one of the creators on the series. And, um, 
you know, she's going to be executive producing the series as it hits HBO, right? Um, because they've got a script to series commitment, right? Um, yeah, it looks like they want to launch it with an hour-long special, and then it will hit as a, you know, series epidopic thing. Right, it follows five friends during their first summer camp. You know, these new cabin mates soon discover that there's more to this camp than earning badges, and that the director is harboring a secret that is the key to answering a mystery as old as the camp itself. Throughout this summer, these hardcore lady types will have to overcome obstacles involving supernatural creatures and cabin rivalries, proving that some campfire stories are real and also learning the true meaning of friendship. <laughs> okay, so sticking with HBO. You know, I think it's something people have been waiting on for a while But we've got some Game of Thrones news Well, House of the Dragon <laughs> You know, the prequel series So, um, you know, I think we know that uh, it is kind of about the Targaryens And um, we have now been... Uh, Told that Paddy Constantine is going to be playing a Viserys Targaryen, who is King Viserys the First. Yeah, that is right, people. You know, Viserys is chosen by the Lords of Westeros to succeed the old king, Jaehaerys Targaryen, at the Great Council at. Karen Hall. Yeah, he's meant to be a warm, kind, and decent man. Viserys only wishes to carry forward his grandfather's legacy, but good men do not necessarily make for great kings. His children, Rhaera and Aegon II, would ultimately fight a civil war over his throne. That became known as the Dance of Dragons. Hmm. It sounds like interesting things are afoot, people. So, um, yeah. You know, I think that uh, will generate a lot of interest. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's um, jump over to some Netflix news So it seems that Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan Are uh, yeah, doing a limited series on Jeffrey Dahmer And um, it, you know, it's even got his name in the title Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story I do feel that we've had a lot of Dharma stuff over the last few years, but um, yeah, we're getting one more. You know, um, yeah, I guess if you're fans of uh, serial killers, you know, this could be for you. You know, I uh, suppose he's going to get told from the point of view of Dharma's victims. 
and dive into the police incompetence and apathy that allowed him to flourish. Nice. Oh dear, oh dear. I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, there you go, people. Um, we'll see what happens with this, I guess. Alright, so... Um, Netflix have also announced that Selena, the series, um, is going to be hitting the service on the 4th of December, right? So, um, you know, it's a biographical drama series about um, Tagano music legend Selena Quantantilla. Uh, it's a coming-of-age story, and it follows Selena as her dreams come true and all the heart-wrenching and life-changing choices she and her family have to make as they navigate success, family, and music. So, um, yeah, I imagine there are a lot of people looking forward to that. Now, I think one of the biggest things from Netflix this week is the cancellation of Glow, which is, um, yeah, you know, Glow is their female wrestling series that had already had three seasons, and they'd actually, you know, greenlit the fourth, you know, they greenlit the fourth, which was going to serve as its final season, and they'd started... But just as the pandemic hit So they only were able to finish one episode And because, you know There's a lot of close contact To uh, film it right now I supposedly it will just cost way too much So, uh, yeah Netflix have decided to cancel it Now, um I don't know, you know, maybe they pick it up if things change soon, but who knows, you know, I I did see that Mark Maron is calling for the possibility to tie everything up in a movie, but I imagine that if a a TV series is too hard to film, they're not going to just jump into a movie. But, you know, I kind of feel that this has possibly still got legs. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are not new developments in this situation in the following weeks. So we will see. Um... Now, we know that Cobra Kai has moved over to Netflix And, um, yeah, the first two seasons are on the streaming platform right now But we also know that, you know, a third season was completed And um, that will be hitting Netflix on the 8th of January next year But... That's not all, because it, they've also renewed it for a fourth season as well. So, uh, yeah, fans of Cobra Kai have got a, a lot of content to look forward to, people. A lot to look forward to. So, uh, yeah, there we go. 
Alright, and um, other renewals at Netflix. Uh, and this is good news. So they have renewed F is for Family for a fifth season. So if you enjoy the Bill Burr, Michael Price animated series, which is a lot of fun, right? Yeah, there's a fifth season coming. Unfortunately, though, people, it will be its last. So, um, yeah, you know, that will be the end of our 70s adventures, but hopefully it will be a fun season. Uh, and finally, with Netflix, they are... Uh, Really milking that God, Godzilla franchise They have just ordered A new anime series Called Godzilla Singular, Singular Point Even um, Yeah You know it's gonna debut Next year You know um, It's not tied into the films um, and will feature an entirely new storyline and cast uh, You know um, But I think that's it No other real story points or anything like that Had been announced But you know If you enjoyed their other films You know Godzilla Planet of the Monsters City on the edge of battle and the planet eater, then I'm sure you will probably enjoy this. Uh, so um, let's end with some Amazon news. So, uh, yeah, Amazon have a new sci fi series called The Cleaners, and um, they've just tagged Orlando Bloom to um, executive produce the show. Right, so it's um, based on a short story from Ken, Ken Lu, you know, and um, it's getting adapted by Dominic Orlando, who has previously worked on Mindhunter and the OA. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you enjoy those, then you could be into this. The story is set in the near future. Where intimate objects No, that's not intimate, sorry Inanimate objects Carry the memories of people's experiences And a certain number of the population Have the ability to relive those memories by touch Cleaners are specialists hired to sanitize the objects and relieve emotional burdens these memories may hold. So the series centers on a young man who inherits his family's cleaning business and takes on a mysterious new commission. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with this. Now, if you're a fan of the boys, Right, which is um, just about to finish up its second series You might be pleased to know that it's getting a spin-off Yes, people, that is right It is getting a spin-off And 
as people might know, The Boys is based on a comic book series that was created by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. And um, this new series is based on another of their series. This one is called The G-Men, right? Um, And, uh, you know, The G-Men is an X-Men parody, right? So, uh, Eric Kripke, who's the showrunner on The Boys, said this, right? Part of the G-Men is there's sort of an educational college experience And we just use that as a jumping off point Kind of similar to the boys Where we sort of take an initial notion And then we are going to run with it in our own weird direction Me, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg And Craig Rosenberg We don't feel the need to jam spin-offs out there We were just talking and we stumbled onto this idea And we were so excited about it We took it to Amazon Because we think there's a real opportunity To see another part of the vault world But probably more importantly To make a show that isn't really made that often Which is what we have What we love about it Which is As the boys is an unflinching look At reality The goal for this um, Is to make this superhero show One of the most realistic college shows Anyone's made And really deal with real college issues And really explore what it's like To be of that age So yeah you know, so um, uh, basically, right, it's uh, dealing with America's only college for young adult superheroes. Um, and, you know, it's dealing with hormonal competitive soups that are vying for the opportunity to work for Voight. So, um, yeah, that is coming. And um, let's end with this. All right. So if you're a fan of William Gibson, you might have read The Peripheral, which was, um, I think it came out last year, if I remember rightly. Well, Amazon and um, Warner Brothers are turning it into a TV series. And Chloe Grace Moritz has just signed up. She's um, going to be playing Flynn Fisher, a woman trying to hold together the pieces of her broken family in a forgotten corner of tomorrow's America. Flynn is smart, ambitious and doomed. She has no future until the future comes calling for her. So yeah, there you go. Vincenzo Natalie is attached to direct and executive produce. So people, there you go. That is us for this week. Take it easy, have fun, and we will see you next Wednesday. Peace.